morning. Am I loud enough? What? <laughs> Jeff, you're great. Okay, I think I can hear myself. That's good. Um, I got a bunch of announcements. I got a whole bunch of, of notes of encouragement here. Very excited. But let's do the announcements really, really quickly. If you want the 4th of July calendar, uh, there's some out on the entryway. But notice uh, June was on the back of the July. So you just turn it over if it's on your refrigerator like I do. The very bottom, it says Drillinger Family Barbecue Sunday night, the 31st. I'm pretty excited about this. How many of you know that the first century Christians actually met for supper, and then after supper, they had the Lord's Supper? And then they had a really cool family video DVD. No, oh, I'm sorry. That's, that's not what they did, but that's what we're going to do. All right, so we're going to come together. We're going to have a great family dinner. And then we're going to spend some time having Lord's Supper. And then we're going to have a family uh, family uh, uh, video, DVD. We don't do videos anymore. We do DVDs. All the information is on the back. But let me highlight a couple of the things you want to know. Sunday the 31st, 532, question mark. So you can stay as long as you want. Well, until the movie's over and... And whatnot. Anyway, so uh, you, you don't have to stay for the movie. That's optional. Uh, <laughs> your attendance is optional too. But uh, burgers, hot dogs, and fixins provided. Fixins for the burgers and hot dogs. Bottles of water will be provided. Bring a side dish, chips, or dessert to share. Bring a lawn chair or a picnic blanket. Uh, unless you're like me and I can't get up off the ground anymore. So uh, a lawn chair. And, and then we need to RSVP. If you want a burger or a hot dog, you need to RSVP. Is there a deadline for the RSVP? No. But they should tell you before they show up, right? It would be, be preferred. Please tell us. Please tell us before you show up. That would be great. Tell Carrie. All right. So anyway, if you've ever been out to the Jillinger for a barbecue, it's a great time. And we're on the new property. And so that'll be pretty fun, too. So I hope you can make it. And uh, if you have any questions, ask, ask Jeff or Carrie. All right. A couple of announcements real fast. Uh, G4 Summit's coming up. And uh, I, I'm really excited about that. We got some folks that are traveling here to participate. We got some folks, obviously, coming from Portland. The wild and crazy Matt Kaikula and company is coming. So just a warning <laughs> for those of you who know them. It'll be great. And then uh, lots of guys from, from around town are coming as well. So uh, I, I actually might have a couple old high school students showing up, which would be great. And we got a couple young folks from Alvador who are going to be showing up too. So I'm just excited about uh, the time to get out in the woods with the guys. G4 Summit. It'll be great. And that's coming up last weekend in August. Thursday night, the 4th, all day Friday, hanging out in the woods. And then Saturday, as long as you want to stay. All right, let's see. We also have, uh, I think I've, I've shared everything, except for, reminder, Sunday nights, still Compton House. Wednesday nights, this is the last one, Compton's House. And a Monday night, we will have Monday night, finally. <coughs> Believe it or not, we will have Monday night. For those of you who attend, we'd love for you to participate. Next week, though, is the 4th of July, right? 
that right? Actually, we have our, our house being torn apart on the 4th of July, so no Monday night. So please make note of that. And there's one last thing I wanted to share with you. Uh, let's see. Well, oh, Thursday night, the ladies' study is on as far as I know. And Dick and Levada Oaks are here today, and they have traveled all the way from Dexter, Oregon, but they just showed up. They just moved into town. We're glad to have you back in Oregon. So it's great to have you. Glad you came down here to visit us. So go and greet them right after assembly. Not right now, right after assembly would be great. So there you go. Okay, here we go. Jeff, Sharon, you're awesome. Every time I show up uh, to the building, I'm thankful for your servant's heart. There's also something new to look at that wasn't there before. And it's always good, by the way. Okay, there you go. <laughs> when that, oh, oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. My lovely assistant is... is uh, yes, lovely assistant, her, his daughter. You're lovely too. Ken, so thankful for the servant of Christ you are. You are always willing to step in, help out whenever you can. So grateful you use your skills and talents to serve God's kingdom. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen, all right. Brenda, 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 it was a great conversation with you this morning. Brenda, your presence is such an encouragement as is your smile and constant search for the truth. I say amen, man. That's awesome. Search for the truth. We are blessed to have you with us. It's awesome. It's really, really good. Bill, you're a steadfast champion for God. It is truly impressive how you preach through the painkillers. <laughs> yeah well i'll tell you what i was preaching and and uh, well i don't know what i said but it, some people said it was a good sermon all right <laughs> i've really been enjoying and learning from your lessons on overcoming anxiety very powerful there you go why don't you hand that to mr compton okay there you go <laughs> eric johnson so thankful for the lessons you bring that was a great one today by the way uh, that last quote you made was so awesome I forgot to write it down, and now I forgot it. You have to tell me what it was. It was absolutely fantastic. They are always insightful and well thought out uh, uh, to be applicable for what we need or our daily walks. Appreciate your humble servitude. Keep fighting the good fight. And I'm going to get you back up in this pulpit here pretty quick. I really like how you preach. And I want to add something else. Yes. So this morning he figured out how to turn our old heater into an air conditioning so Eric, Eric was over at your house changing your heater to an air conditioning unit? The one in the basement. No way. He's got it blowing cold air from the basement. Right? Eric, you're amazing. You're amazing. See, we break them and Eric fixes them. That's how we do it around here. Thanks, Eric. He's keeping it cool. Yes, keeping it cool. Jeff Drillinger, really appreciate your country boy style of teaching. I don't think it's so country boy. I just think it's down to earth. Plain common sense stuff, which is really what I need. Uh, so thankful for the humble uh, presentation of your lessons. The lessons are always well prepared and instructive for our daily walks. That's amazing. I also got one here for the, uh, the Halstead family, and we're going to read that one to them when they show up, and I'll keep it right here in my little reminder. Okay. Do we got everything done now so we can move on to preaching? Oh, yes, we got birthdays. Pam's got one. All right. Pam, are you watching? Uh, Braxton and Brian, are you watching? Uh, I'm going to go ahead and sing to them 
and I would like you to sing to them so they can hear. There's other people here besides me. And uh, But when they come back, I want to sing to them again. I always like to get them to feel uncomfortable. It's always fun. All right, here we go. Brian, Braxton, and Pam. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. God bless you. People are dancing. Happy birthday to you. Woo All right. There you go. Yeah. Okay. When you come, we're going to sing to you again. I know you just stayed away, so we'd sing to you again. I know that. All right. So we're done with that. Got anything ready to go? Uh, grab your lesson plans, please. I hopefully have a lesson plan. Um, the lesson plan is titled, Fear Manifests a Lack of Trust in God. You know, we did one on, on worry is a symptom of not trusting God. All right? Worry. And I have to look at what I did last week because, honestly, last week was a blur. I had to do it online. And, and let's see. It's right here. It's uh, anger manifests. Anger manifests a lack of trust in God. Now, why am I sharing these things? You know I'm not negative. I don't preach negative sermons. I preach truth. And it might sound negative, but it's not. It's so that we can test ourselves to see if we really do trust God. Now, we're transitioning right after this mini-series into, okay, the importance of trusting God, why? Because by the end of this year, at the end of this preaching, I want you to be ready so much so that no matter what comes into your life, you're going to trust God first and foremost so that you are trustworthy when very difficult times come. Now, I just want to throw something out very, very quickly. Uh, I think this is very important for you to consider. We must fear and trust God first, foremost, and always. Not fear man. We must trust God, fear God, first and foremost, always, and not trust ourselves, trust others, or fear others. And so we're going to be talking about that. I, I found this really cool quote when I was doing my study. And I, and I don't usually quote human beings. I mean, I quote... Paul, but he was inspired of God. I don't know if this is inspired or not, but man, it really got under my skin when I, when I was reading it. The remarkable thing about God is that when you fear him, you fear nothing else. The, more, the remarkable thing about God is when you fear him, you fear nothing else. If you don't fear God, you will fear everything else. Think about that for a second. If you don't fear God, when there is things in your life that you should fear, you're going to be shook out. How many remember the apostles? Jesus Christ crucified. They saw it and then ran away out of fear. And then they were hiding in their upper room. That, that very day that Jesus rose from the dead, they were still shaking in their boots in the upper room. And the door was locked. How many know what I'm talking about? The door was locked and they were scared. And then Jesus shows up for dinner. He just walks right in. The door was locked. He walks right in. Hey, what's for dinner? <coughs> I don't know about you, but that's 
freak them out too. Ah, we're seeing a ghost. He goes, hey, do you got anything here? You got any, any food? Grabs a fish and eats the fish and the fish didn't fall on the floor. He hits a bodily resurrection. Did you know that it wasn't but just a few weeks later, Acts chapter four, when some of the apostles were beaten and uh, or threatened and they go, are we gonna fear God or fear man? You decide, we fear God. And then they preach the gospel to the guys that killed Jesus. Amazing. Notice what happens when you fear God. You don't fear anyone or anything else. Look at the three things that we're going to look at today. The, the nature of fear. What's it look like? Man, there's so many things that can bring fear in our lives. And you think, well, I'm a Christian now. I don't fear anything. Well, you know what? If you don't have things dialed in really solid, you now fear can come in. And then all of a sudden you're trying to trust in yourself or you're trying to trust in someone else, or you're trying to trust in something, rather than trusting in God. Look at this second point, the three great fears. What are they? The fear of man, the fear of poverty or losing everything, and the fear of, of death. Fear of death, that's probably the biggest one. And then on the back side, look at point number three, and I want to spend the most time there, trusting the Lord to overcome our fears. So let's begin with a quick word of prayer. Father, I'm thankful for the time that we can look at this last one that I wanted to look at, how fear is, a, is like a, a symptom of our lack of trust, our lack of having you as our sovereign, our one and only. You know, it doesn't matter uh, who you are, uh, Lord. We know that people at some point in time, if they're not completely trusting in you, are going to find themselves in a fearful situation, fearing and making poor decisions and, and, and messing things up. So, Father, I pray that we would fear and trust only you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Well, Proverbs 29 and verse 25, this is a great place to start. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse 29 about verse chapter 29 and verse 25 that would that would help a lot better chapter 29 and verse 25 the fear of man brings a snare but he who trusts in the lord will be exalted wow you okay sermon done just do that and you're good right you see don't fear man can man do some pretty awful things to man like death like poverty like all these heinous things? Well, he says, you know what? Don't fear man, trust God. What does he say about fearing the man? It brings a snare. So we're going to be talking about that today. And then I want you to turn to Deuteronomy in chapter 31, one of my favorite Old Testament passages. It's just, it's awesome. As they're going, getting ready to go into the promised land, uh, Moses speaks to Joshua, the one who's going to take over. And he says this in verse six, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid uh, or tremble at them. That's all the folks in the promised land that could terrorize them. For the Lord, your God is the one who goes with you. He will not fail you or forsake you. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. No matter what the future holds. 
no matter what situation you find yourself in. And I think that we're going to all find ourselves in a very precarious situation in the very near future. You're saying, well, you're being a little vague there. Well, actually, I don't want to be real clear quite yet. But we'll get to that, but not today. But I think we're all going to have to decide to fear God, trust God, and learn to trust one another. It's going to be that big a thing. And so this lesson is very important because fear really warps people. They do really strange things when they're fearful. And, and they, they give up relationships when they're in, ter in terror and fear. And so let's look now at, at the nature of fear. In the Old Testament, the Greek word fear or the Hebrew word fear means exceedingly fearful. Uh, to, to quake or to tremble. How many have been so fearful about things that you kind of get a mental fog and you have a hard time moving forward and it immobilizes you? Anybody else in that? I've had that before. And I have to tell you, I've had that even as a Christian. Well, take a look at the next one, the New Testament, phobios. That's, that's where we get the, the idea of phobia, you know, arachnophobia. My wife has arachnophobia. I shouldn't be telling her, but she's not here. Man, I'm talking about, there's a spider in our bedroom. It's this big. And I go in there, I go, yeah, it's a pretty good sized spider, but it's not quite that big. But how many have ever woken up in the middle of the night with something crawling in your face? Anybody here besides me? I'm telling you what, if you didn't fear the spider when it was this big in the middle of the night, you definitely fear the spider when they're crawling across your face. So I'm just saying, I get it, honey, it's that big. I'm going to go get it before we go to bed. See? So phobia, arachnophobia, fear of spiders. And so this means to be frightened, to be alarmed, exceedingly fearful and afraid. I don't know what the phobia for the, the phobia of man is. I wish I did. I didn't look it up. It's probably something, you know, humanoid phobia or something like that. I don't know. But I want to take a look, look at that first. Point number two, the fear of man. Proverbs 29 verse 25 says, don't fear man. It's a snare. You're going to make all sorts of mistakes if you fear men. By the way, how many of you know that even as a Christian, maybe as a strong leader as a Christian, you can still fear and make some terrible judgment calls? I'm not going to read these for you, but how many know Peter was given the opportunity to preach the first gospel sermon on the day of Pentecost? Jesus trusted him. The first gospel sermon has set people free. And then in, in Acts in chapter 10, he gets to preach the gospel to the Gentiles. But something happens. Something happened to him when he started hanging out with uh, some of the Judaizers in the churches of Galatia. He started to kind of stay away from the Gentile population and hang out with the law-minded folks. He was fearful of the Judaizers and their rejection of him. The law-minded and their rejection of him. Peter the Apostle, the guy who preached the first gospel sermon for freedom, man. And he got scared. 
So even a church leader can shake out. Now, the Apostle Paul, thankfully, publicly reprimanded him for that fear. Because could you imagine if the early century church moved right into law-mindedness? Law kills. You and I wouldn't be here. Thankful, so thankful. The Apostle Paul had courage where Peter had fear. And Peter repented. He came, continued to be that great that great preacher. So don't fear men because it could actually lead to spiritual condemnation, not just for yourself, but for others, depending on what that fear would do to you. Fear brings about all sorts of different kinds of sin. The fear of man. Now, what about the fear of poverty? In the fear of poverty, and, and we're not going to go there, and you know this one already. Genesis 41. A huge famine hit the known world at that time. I mean, we're talking, there is no food. Seven-year famine. Seven years of plenty, seven years of famine. Hmm. Hey, man, when people don't have food, people will do anything for food. The fear of starvation. Now, I don't know if you heard this before, and I know it's true because it's unfortunately happening in Ukraine and in other countries like uh, Myanmar. I just learned this from Steve Doty, is that, sadly, famine is a kissing cousin of war. When there's war, oftentimes right on the coattails of that is famine. Back in the 30s, there was no war going on, but there was a terrible famine, wasn't there? A famine of work. And actually, there was a man-made famine. And it was horrific. A man-made famine. And so it's important for us to recognize and understand that kind of fear can drive a person to do things that they ought not to do. They should trust in God and not in self. Trust in those who are trustworthy and come together as family and community. How important that is. Matthew chapter 6. Let's turn there real quickly. Matthew chapter 6. You know, if we fear losing the things in this life, and uh, Eric, we are so richly blessed as Americans. I I am embarrassed sometimes. When I first went to Belarus, and I when I came back home after three weeks in Belarus, I was embarrassed to eat a steak. I felt embarrassed because of the lack of food there and the lack of, of well, beef. He's like, are you kidding me? You were embarrassed? Yes, I was embarrassed because they had nothing over there. We, we visited some widows who had nothing. And it's horrific. Notice what he says here in verse 19. Why would Jesus say this in Matthew 6 and verse 19? Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust uh, destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor trust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. There's a fear there. Jesus is addressing a fear. I won't have my stuff. 
by stuff. I won't have food. He talks about food and clothing a little bit further down in regards to worry. That worry oftentimes will bring about what? Fear, which makes causes us to make poor choices and decisions. And so we have to decide right away. Will God feed us? Will God clothe us? Will God use us until he's done? The answer is absolutely yes. We need to recognize that we need to be ready for anything that God would allow because as you said, it strengthens us if we choose to understand that God allowed that. So even in a time of, of very little, we could rejoice because we know that God's sovereign. The fear of losing everything is a terrifying fear. Can I give you an example? Remember when the, the housing bubble uh, broke back in 2008? This actually happened. I read the story. It was very sad. Uh, there was a person that was losing their house because they couldn't pay. There's a lot of people that lost their houses, by the way. And this woman said, if you send the sheriff to come repossess my house, you'll find me dead on the front porch. And so they showed up and guess what? Dead on the front porch. See, the fear of losing her house caused her to take her own life. That's absolutely crazy, you would say. But notice the power of fear. But what if you're trusting in God? Maybe God has something better for me. Maybe this place has been a burden and now he's relieving me of that burden. Which actually, if you're over indebted, that is relieving you of a burden. Amen? So it's important for us to recognize and understand that fear could cause a person to do terrible things if you're trying to hold on to your stuff. And then finally, the fear of death. Look at Psalms 56. Psalms 56. The fear of death, again, causes people to do really kind of crazy stuff. I, I'm, sadly, I've seen it in the lives of, of many. Psalms chapter 56, verses 3 and 4. Notice what it says here, uh, verses 3 and 4. When I am afraid, I'll put my trust in you, in God whose word I praise. In God I put my trust. I shall not be afraid. Uh, what can mere man do to me? Well, think about what mere man can do to you. Read the context and you'll know, okay, why is David saying, I'm going to trust only in God? Why did the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians and 1 and verse 9 say, I have the sentence of death within myself so that I would not trust in myself, but trust in God. In other words, when you have that sentence of death within yourselves, and I don't know if that's going to come into your lifetime or not. Well, physical death will. Are you going to trust in God or are you going to trust in yourself? I remember, I remember sadly a time when two people that were beloved to me realized they didn't have much time left. And so they, the bucket list all of a sudden became the big rage. And they spent their money right and left <clears throat> to do the things that they physically could not do. And I believe it led them to an early grave. Why? Because they were fearful of death. I got to get all I can get in. 
and I wanted so much to spend time with them to do Bible study. Nope, that's not on the bucket list. I got to get all this stuff done because I know I don't. They didn't realize that probably the smartest thing they could have done was study the word of God, amen? And have a Bible study so they come to a saving knowledge of Christ. Then they can do the bucket list. So let me encourage you in the times in the future that could bring about fear that you trust in God. Overcoming the fear of man, point number three. How do we do that? Psalms 118. Again, Psalms is such a great book. And uh, Eric, I love that, that one particular Psalm 103. Wow, does that tell you the great benefits that we have as Christians. Psalms 118 verses five through nine. And we just read that here just a second ago. And uh, it says here, For from my distress I called upon the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. The Lord, If the Lord is for me, I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I'll look with satisfaction on those who hate me. I want to stop right there. Did you hear a statement about the church there in verse 7? Did you hear a statement about the church of Jesus Christ in verse 7? I did. It says here, The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I will look with satisfaction on those who hate me. You know, during the Great Depression, did you know that those people who survived and thrived were people who were involved in some kind of community? Whether it be a large physical family or a church family or a grange those communities survived and thrived because they understood the concept of stone soup. You ever heard this concept of stone soup? How many have ever heard the concept of stone soup? Good. How many haven't? Just real quick. Guy's walking into town, he's starving to death. And so he knocks on the first door and says, hey, I'm hungry, can I get something to eat? Slam. Next one, but can I get something to slam? Get something to slam. And then he goes, he goes, hmm, goes outside the town, sees this really cool looking rock. He goes back in and knocks on the door and says, hey, we're all having some stone soup down in the, 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 the town. By the way, they were all like, they didn't know their neighbor, man. They were like, Eric shut their doors. Kind of sounds like a little bit today. But anyway, uh, so he goes, do you have a pot I could use to, to get this big old stone soup going for everybody? And the lady goes, well, yeah, yeah, that's great. And then he goes next door and says, hey, we're having stone soup. I got the pot. You got any wood? And, and she goes, yeah, I got some wood. They bring out the wood and, and, then, and then the potatoes and then the, the meat and then the veggies. And everybody brought a little bit of something and everybody ate. But here's the cool thing. Even more than just eating stone soup. Oh, you know where the stone soup comes in? He goes, and now what's really going to make it great is this stone. And he puts the stone in. He puts the stone in. You know what that did? It brought everyone together. And not only did they, everybody have more because everybody gave a little, they had fellowship. And I would conclude that that stone that's going to bring everybody together in fellowship is the rock of Jesus Christ. That's not in the story, but I always wanted to put that one in there. Okay? Look, we need to realize that this is talking about trusting in God and learning 
to be trustworthy so that we can be trusted and we can come together and work together. You know what? A lot of churches are like, yeah, the world's falling apart, the world's falling apart, but they're not talking about the solution. The solution is trusting God and becoming trustworthy because we are men and women of integrity, trusting God no matter what happens, so then we can be trusted. So when I come knocking on our door and say, hey, let's do some stone soup. Now you know what we're talking about, okay? Now, look at the next one. Overcoming, oh, look at Romans 8. That one's a, that one's a fantastic one too. Hey, if the Lord is for you, who can be against you? Right? Okay, the Lord's for you, who can be against you? Well, your big brother's standing right behind you. Doesn't matter who shows up at the front door, Jesus is standing behind you. See? I love that. If the Lord is for you, who can be against you? Now the next one is overcoming the fear of poverty. I'm going to just quote this one. Proverbs 14, 23. All hard work brings a profit. Mere talk leads only to poverty. You're saying, but what if there's no jobs? There's always going to be work to be done that someone wants done. Are you humble enough to do something that you would think, oh, that's really below my skill set. That's really below my intellect level. You know what? When it comes down to it, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. That's a principle of God. Do you trust God's principles? All hard work brings a profit. He doesn't say in what time frame. It always works. But look at the next one. Hebrews 13. Turn there with me. Book of Hebrews, way back near the end of the Bible. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 5 through 6. 13, verses 5 through 6. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So that we confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Are you in that place? I'm content with whatever comes. I don't fear what man can do. I'm going to continue to serve the Lord. Are you in that place? You know, some of you have been around a long, long, long time. I used to fear making a decision. Some of you remember that, fear of making a decision. Unfortunately, a lot of people got hurt when I decided not to decide. I pray, I seek the wisdom from those who know a little bit about what's going on, and I say, is this the right direction? And then I pull the trigger and say, this is how it's going to go. Now, my head's on the chopping block as an evangelist. You know that's true. But the reality is, is if I trust God and the leadership that he's given me and I seek the wise counsel of others in making those decisions and trusting God, because I trust you and I trust God, it works out. I didn't used to be that way. I am now. Now, overcoming the fear of death. How many of you know that God is so deeply moved with thanksgiving at the death of one of his godly ones. Did you know that's what that song actually says? 
Psalms 116, 15. You're saying, well, how could God be so? Hey, and he's, he's allowed that person to live and be and grow and help in this world. And now it's time for him to come on home. He's excited. But the question is, is will you be excited when that day comes? Look at Romans chapter 8. We'll close with this. Romans 8. And many of you already know an awful lot about the Apostle Paul and his excitement for the day of his passing. In Romans chapter 8, verse 15, notice what it says here. It says in regards to not being fearful. For you have not received a spirit of slavery again, leading to fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit of himself testifies to our spirit that we're children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. You have the Holy Spirit? Do you have the Holy Spirit in your body? Do you know how to have the Spirit of God indwell you? I hope so. Because if you've got the Spirit of God, you ain't getting away from God. You're not getting away. If you have the Spirit of God, He's taking you home. He's promised. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm excited for that day. My wife isn't so much, but I am. I'm excited for that day. Now, I've made preparation for my wife, so she'll, she'll be able to make it, you know. But I'll tell you what, Paul said, <laughs> I love the way Paul says it. goes, well, we better read it because it's really funny. Philippians chapter 1, sorry. I'm going to blow it. I don't want to blow it. It's so good. Uh, verse 21, it's kind of like he's like, you know, I don't know what's better, to die and be home with the Lord or to hang out with you guys. Well, it's a lot better to be with the Lord, but because I want to hang out with you guys, it's, the guy's crazy for the Lord, right? Here's what he says. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain, but if I'm to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which to choose. Like you can choose? I don't know which to choose. <coughs> Excuse me. But, but I am hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that's very much better, yet to remain on in the flesh is more necessary for your sake. I don't know about you, but wouldn't you love to have that attitude? Man, I can't wait to go home. I can't just, I can't wait. But I love hanging with you, and I know that we can work together and grow the kingdom more, so I'm going to hang out for as long as the Lord wants me to hang out here. Could you have that kind of attitude? Now, we've already talked about this attitude. In 2 Timothy, the last chapter, Paul knows the day of his death. He's on death row, right? He's on death row. He says, man, I'm so excited. He says, I fought the good fight. I've run the course. I've kept the, I've run the race. I've kept the course. And now there's a crown awaiting for me, and not only for you, but for all those who have served the Lord. Now notice the excitement there. Do you fear death? I used to fear death. I don't fear death anymore. And I don't fear the way I'm going to die anymore. I used to fear the way I was going to die. Well, that's dumb. You don't even know how you're going to die. Well, that's worrying. That's a whole other story. Yeah, I know one thing. And I want you to know this one thing. 
If you remain faithful, the way you die is going to be a great last opportunity to glorify God and help other people go, I want to be like that at the very last day. Because that's how Jesus was. That's how Stephen was. That's how the Apostle Paul was. That's how I am choosing to be. You're saying, well, we'll see. Yes, you will. You will. Hey, man, if I'm going in the hospital and I'm just kind of fading fast, I'm going to be just praising the Lord and thanking the nurses for helping me and, and whatnot. <clears throat> Once I came out of my stupor with the COVID thing, I started thanking every one of those nurses that came in. One guy came in the middle of the night, woke me up, scared the heebie-jeebies out of me. And, and I go, man, I sure glad you came and checked on me. I just didn't want to go to sleep and not wake up without kissing my wife one more time. He smiled and goes, you're doing fine. It's pretty cool. See, making that choice in that bad situation once I got my head together, after I got a little bit of sleep anyway. See, that's the key. Choose it. Choose to trust God. Choose to fear God. Not fear man, not trust man, but fear God, trust God. And if you do that, nothing will shake you out. Now, brethren, again, I don't know what the future holds. It might be another several thousand years before the Lord comes back. But wouldn't it be great in the difficulties in your... Yeah, I don't think so either. But wouldn't it be great if there were some difficulties that come and you have no fear, you just power right through? Will you be an example to others? And will you be a blessing to those around you? Absolutely, positively. No fear except for the fear of God. Trust God and those who proved trustworthy. Let's pray. Lord, I'm thankful for this time of, of working through these three uh, very important things that would be kind of a, a test for us to see if we really do trust you. The anxiety and the anger and then the fear. But Father, I pray that we will, when we see those, know, okay, I need to go back to the word I need to trust you in this life situation. I pray, Father, that we were now are going to turn to and begin to know why we can trust you and give our lives fully to you as men and women of integrity so that ultimately we would be a community unshakable, united by the Spirit of Christ and by the great love which you have given to us. I ask in Jesus' name, amen. All right, thank you for showing up today in this crazy, wonderful weather, and we'll see you next week. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.